0: Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hey, 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 everybody. It's Bridget McGowan, and you're listening to another episode of Own the Microphone. Today, I have with me the one, the only, Sparkle Lindsay. That is truly her name. I've seen her birth certificate. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, Mrs. Lindsay, Mrs. Lindsay, Mrs. Sparkle Lindsay, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Bridget. <laughs> Absolutely. My first question for you is this one. I want you to think about a time when you made a presentation and it just never left you. There was something about that presentation that was just super, 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 super memorable and you just cannot get it out of your mind. What happened? Either you were presenting or somebody else was presenting. Either way, yeah. what, what happened and why is it just sticking with you?
1: You know, uh, one of my... So I've had a few I've had a, a lot of different speaking engagements but uh the first one I had I just remember being extremely extremely nervous and uh I used to do speeches for uh Kroger actually it was King Super's for us and I had I'll never forget it I actually was in front of a whole room of people uh for Feeding the Human Spirit and I didn't realize what I really had at that time. I just know they said, are you ready to do some speaking? You know, give us what you're talking about. And they gave us, you know, I had my little note cards and (laughs) and I was ready to go. And I remember I went to the restroom and I was like, I don't want to use these note cards. (laughs) I don't want to use these note cards at all. So I get up there, I you know, I walk up on the stage And I just started speaking uh, from the heart about the human spirit and how the human, how we as humans are just, we don't know what we don't know, but when we work to be whole and to become that the human spirit and see how we evolve in it, um, I just I just went crazy. I just went going. I got going. I was speaking. I could feel it. I could feel the vibe from the audience. I could just feel the passion that people were holding from within, the belief they started to feel in themselves from the conversation. And uh, once I left, um, I got a standing ovation. And I just remember them bringing me back up to there, back up to the stage, and more standing ovation. And my heart, you know, my heart was like, this is so cool, but I was shaking too. You know, I was real nervous <laughs> and I was thinking, well, don't pass out because it's a good thing.
0: <laughs> right? Passing out, not good. Being yeah. nervous, that's okay. Now, do you think you would have delivered the same presentation if you had used the note cards? I don't think so.
1: Yeah. Um, I believe that I am um, an influential speaker who speaks from what the heart wants to say. And it speaks truth, you know, and um, I, I believe in my higher power, believe he speaks through me. So I knew when I got going, people were going to feel it. And I could feel their vibe. I could feel their, you know, them wanting more. And so I just kept it going. I knew how to just keep it going and keep doing it. And I, I, when I got done and I got off the, the stage and all, Bridget, I was like, where did all of that come from? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, where, okay. I have a couple of questions for you. Where did it come from? And, and you said you could tell the audience wanted more. So you said, okay, I'm going to keep it coming. So yeah. where does that come from? How do I do this? Let's say I have no clue. I know what you're
1: talking about.
0: Well, you yeah. just keep, keep it moving.
1: How do you do that? Well, I think a lot of it was I was talking about the vulnerabilities that I've already worked through in my life. So from each experience to each experience, I have lived it. So it's easy for me to talk about something I've been living. You know what I mean? Like um, my journey through, you know, sobriety, through everything, my journey in life right now is how I really feel like I'm going through my life's journey and I could tell you, just word for word how I have been feeling the past two years and it resonates with somebody so when I got going and I got started we started talking about the human spirit we started talking about feeding it Then next you know I started talking about mindfulness started talking about awareness you know and being aware of your surroundings and being able to hold yourself accountable now right looking for values. These are all the things the human spirit yearns. And these are all the things I've been working on, you know, trying to find out where I fit in my puzzle and moving forward through emotions and just doing what my higher power is allowing me to do, you know? So I think once you start doing that, you just, you know what you're talking about. It just leads into one thing into another and another, you know? <laughs> so going off script, is okay it actually
0: can be better than
1: the script it can I think uh, you know a guy asked me to do a speech on mental health the importance on mental health and I started my speech with a story um, of a woman that I've known forever who found out she was bipolar and I went with my story And then my story went into some powerful stuff on mental health, you know? Um, So always starting with the story, something that resonates with you personally can really just help you out. And some people have to use a teleprompter, those types of things. For me, um, it just comes naturally, but it's because I'm talking about things that I'm used to, you know, that I talk about on a daily basis. Being a coach, a mental health coach and a recovery coach for alcohol and addiction, There's not too many experiences I don't run into, (laughs) or I don't hear. So when I refer back to them or talk about them, it, it goes for great conversation, speaking on the stage and so forth, you know?
0: (laughs) Right, right. So I hear some of the topics that you speak on are the importance of mental health, uh, sobriety, uh, alcohol and addiction recovery. What, are there other topics in your wheelhouse and, and talk to us a little bit about those?
1: Uh, well, I've done about, probably done about maybe 34 or 40 podcasts on different things. So I've gotten hit with the uh, HR because I was HR manager for 13 years. So, <laughs> so uh, a lot of times it'll start out with my recovery journey. And then people are like, well, let's get into the HR piece. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's get into it. Let's do (laughs) do." it. Also training. Um, I'm a huge master trainer for uh, recovery coaches, but I also trained and ran remodels uh, for Kohl's. So I was figuring out where people fit in their puzzle a long time before I even became a recovery coach or even a speaker, you know? Um, So talk a lot about training. We talk a lot about the value of an associate and what they hold for you in your company, right? Um, how do you utilize their strengths to help get to that end result? And it's positive for both parties, right? So we talk about things like that. Um, I think I had another one that talked about my vitiligo. Um, I have four autoimmune conditions. So uh, people, I have lupus, I uh, have vitiligo, what Michael Jackson has. Uh, I have myasthenia gravis and uh, I have fibromyalgia. So we talked a lot about autoimmune conditions and I, I have lived a life of autoimmune, you know, and how to deal with pain management, how to work on that. Um, Trauma. We talked a lot about my trauma. I've been working through my trauma a lot. So um, a lot of different things in my 36 years of experience. uh, I've just been able to really talk about a lot of it. You know, I went, uh, I was in a wheelchair for six to eight months, and then I retaught myself to walk, and I played another two years of college basketball, and then uh, I turned down the WNBA. So, in my time of living, what? I
0: all kinds of questions coming out, okay. Being someone who's only five, one, the idea of turning down to W. <laughs> hey, don't you feel like two people okay. are five So, okay, question for you. you. I'm I'm about to put another uh hat on your head, and I'm about to turn you into teacher mode, put you in teacher mode. <laughs> I want you to tell us given everything you just detailed for mm-hmm. us the six to eight months in a wheelchair and teaching yourself how to walk again and playing basketball and pushing through the vitiligo and uh, everything else how do you push through and find the strength because you're 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 smiling about this you're you're laughing and you're shining you're
1: sparkling <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you uh one of the biggest pieces I had to figure out was a lot of my why, the why to things. And uh, for a long time, I was suppressing emotions, Bridget. You know, I was, I was just going through it. You know, I was being that strong black woman that I can fix it all, and I'm gonna make it happen. And uh, I got really stuck in that for a while. You know, being in corporate America, I'm the oldest of five siblings. Um, everything was as sparkle, she'll fix it. As sparkle, she'll fix it. Well, in that entire time, when I was in a wheelchair, 21, all the way till now, I, like 13 years, I didn't cry. I did not cry at all. And so here I am. I think I have the courage, right, to, I'm strong. I'm this woman who can get through anything. But in all reality, the courage started two years ago when I decided to open up my heart chakra, open up me and start to figure out myself and get find my inner peace you know and so now finding happiness from within versus just being happy are two totally different things and um, being able to reflect back on the past not live in the past but know that that was there and I didn't even cry about it okay Something's not okay here, you know, we're going to have to do some soul search and some soul work, we got to get deep to figure out exactly why, why didn't I cry, you know, and then in turn, a lot of that turned into substance use. So I was suppressing my emotions by drinking, by drugging, by partying, right? So all during this in corporate America, having all these accolades happen, everything, because I was strong, Right but not once did I know myself. I didn't know myself through it. And so being able to do that now, you know, um, I'll be two years sober here shortly and uh, being able to do that and find where I fit in my puzzle and just love myself for it and be able to give myself grace and understand I'm human and that I don't have to fix anybody's anything. People can fix their own things, you know? (laughs) Everybody can hold their own stuff and we can walk together. So I went from being what they considered that strong black woman to a woman of many strengths. And that right there was probably one of the most powerful things I used to get through a lot of my emotions. And I'm still working through those emotions because I know they're temporary. They're not permanent. Right. And in doing that, I've been finding out so much about myself that I can laugh and giggle at myself now. I can can look in the mirror and be like, you're a real piece of work, Sparkle. <laughs> what are you doing today? You know, <laughs> right. and, and love myself, my shadow person and me and trying to find that balance has just been a blessing. It's been one of the greatest journeys I've ever been on and it's it's just getting started girl it's just getting started
0: <laughs> i love that attitude and congratulations Thank on you. the two year anniversary of sobriety and i think that connects with how you connect on a stage because it's kind of a been there done that mm-hmm. type of situation where you understand where your audience wants to to be because you've been where they are
1: right now mm-hmm. and in any addiction In any addiction and in any transformation, transformation is to have the courage to change the things you can with yourself. That's powerful. And a lot of times people look at themselves and say, am I ready to do that? And the question I ask is, if you're ready, I'm ready to roll with you while we do it. Right. And no matter what happens, it's life but well, ultimately if we got somebody doing it or walking alongside us while we figure out these decisions that may be difficult for us and if they don't work they just don't work but we don't but instead we take it with what it is we be mindful of what's going on around us we allow ourselves the op- we give ourselves permission to actually physically you know do the best we can with what we have and play the cards that are dealt and a lot of times we lose sight of that. I, I lost sight of that in work, corporate America, playing ball. I lost sight of that, you know? So it's really, so that's why I love doing what I do. Helping people help themselves and figuring out where they fit in their puzzle is one of my favorite things. It's It, bring, it makes my heart smile because I get to watch people go from pop, possibly absolutely nothing to everything and they're fighting for it. They're fighting for their life and they're taking their life back. And that, that's, that in itself is just awesome for me. <laughs> Everybody, you've been listening to the CEO of
0: Sparkle. Her name is Sparkle Lindsay, Sparkle Lindsay. She's an influential speaker and a recovery coach for alcohol and addiction. And she believes in meeting herself and meeting people where they are. She enjoys what she does on a daily basis. And she loves the gift of helping people figure out where they fit in their puzzle. She says, it's it's a totally amazing feeling. Now, I'm going to ask you this question about strengths and figuring out where you fit in your puzzle. Because earlier I heard you say something to the effect of, it's important that you use your strengths to get to the end result. Yeah. Now, let's take it back to presentations very quickly. <clears throat> How do you... Use your strengths, or how do you recommend others use their strengths to get to the end result of having a great presentation?
1: Okay, so how I use my strengths okay, so I know that I am a person who I speak from the heart, so sometimes I have to be careful because I can go off script and then we could be there all day long, and people are like, We want more. No, just. <laughs> Um, but it can happen. So I always make sure, no matter what, like usually a week before, I will write down, depending on what type of presentation I'm at, um, I will write down four different topics that I'm completely familiar with that fit in where I'm pre- presenting at. Okay, so since I have so much lived experience in so many different elements, The basketball story that I have went through probably won't be something that I can refer to if it's an HR situation, right? So we got to know who our audience is. Um, And from there, four topics that will work with that audience so that you feel comfortable in what you usually or you normally talk about. Um, And you can go either way and segue into topics that can help you keep the flow going. Um, So that's normally what I do, because I know I lean on my strengths of my lived experience and what I've been through. And then I can correlate that with usually any questions they may have, because I know I'm an expert in what happens with me, you know, (laughs) so um, with that, I lean on that. And then my end result ends up being okay, because I also look at someone in the audience and try to captivate them with the story that I may be talking about, or, Uh, the plan in place for you know me being prepared and organized whatever uh, the topic is supposed to be on that's more so how I do it and then I sometimes will keep a little card up there because let's say I'm starting to rear off a little bit or I need to segue into something I can go to one Remember, I put up four things so now I can go into step four if I wanted to and start talking about that depending on where questions may go you know so that's usually how it ends up happening I end up getting there I have the end result and then I always have um, a wrap up, you know, you always have, uh, you know, where you kind of, you end it, <clears throat> you make sure you uh, hit all four of those, those spots, um, you know, you talk about it, you go to the first one, the second one, you you loop it back around And then, you know, that last one there kind of ends it by saying, and that's how you do what you do, you know, like, or this is where we get to the end of the presentation. So I'll try to stick within that ballpark so that I don't go away from what they're actually wanting, what the audience is really needing from me Um, and not worried about me in the instance, more so worried about what the audience is asking and looking for, you know?
0: I'm glad that you're talking about this because this reminds me of a conversation that I had with a gentleman who's in sales and he told me, Bridget, one-on-one, I'm fantastic, but when I get up there on a stage and I'm doing a presentation, I'm still good when I start and and I do a good job with the actual presentation, but it's the closing. Mm-hmm. I I just messed that up again one-on-one sitting in someone's office I'm golden mm-hmm. but getting up there on the stage and then I get to the end and he says he feels like this slimy uh, car used car salesman when he gets <laughs> to the end of the presentation so I like that you talk about how you just kind of have that end result in mind and so I want to give the listeners an idea of how to close the presentation where it's just a quick four-step formula and actually it's only three steps but uh in theory there are four steps and I'll explain it in a second but uh, truly there are three only three that you have to perform so when you you get to the end of the presentation like Sparkle was saying do a recap succinctly review what big ideas you covered Whether three were there four what were the big points that you covered succinctly review those big ideas you provided so you know for sure everyone heard the most important takeaways Mm -hmm. and the recap is as simple as returning to the promise you made in the introduction with you saying we just covered xyz okay so now that you know these four ways to overcome the fear of being on stage whatever Mm -hmm. let's move into a QA and a cta okay so now you move into your question and answer period and your call to action and with the with the q a this is if you didn't ask questions throughout your presentation then you want to make sure that you do give people an opportunity to ask those questions at the end of your presentation and then Also, make sure you provide that call to action, that CTA, because once you get to the end of the presentation, you don't want this to happen. You don't want your audience members to mentally say to themselves, "Okay, that was nice. What was the point? So you could have things like uh, email me with X. Talk to me afterwards about why. Schedule a time to discuss Z with me. Follow me on social media. Think about what is it that you want to come out of this presentation. If the next step is getting a proposal, then tell them, provide you with their business cards. So you can send them send them a proposal. Think right. about what is the end result. Are you wanting to grow your social media following? Then give them that call to action. Are you wanting them to schedule discovery calls with you? Then give them that call to action. Very simply, go to XYZ website and schedule your discovery call. Figure out what it is you are getting out of this presentation now that you are done. So make sure you have that CTA. And I talk about that extensively on pages 166 and 167 of my book, Real Talk. Then step three is gratitude. Thank the audience with your spoken words, not with the slide. That's fine to put thank you on a slide, but uh, you can just skip that. And thank them with your mouth by actually saying, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate the thoughtful questions and so on and so forth. Leave a positive final impression by ending on an energetic note instead of putting the words thank you, up there on the screen, put your contact information up there or put your social media information up there or whatever it is that you want to get out of this presentation. And then the fourth piece that's kind of not really an action item for concluding your presentation, but the fourth one is end on time. If your presentation was supposed to go from 10 until 11 Finish at 11 and not a minute afterwards and avoid using phrases like, oh, if I had more time, I would dot, dot, dot. Or for those of you who are available to remain a few minutes after the presentation, I'll tell you X, Y, Z. See, this type of rhetoric suggests that it is the organizers' or the audience's fault that you do not have more time, and that one of those parties was careless in scheduling, quote unquote, such a short amount of time for your presentation. Additionally, it is unfair to penalize the audience, positioning them to miss out on additional content that you're willing to share after the scheduled end time for operating in accordance with the start and end times of the presentation. In my book, this presentation was supposed to end at 11 o'clock. I have something else scheduled at 11.05 I've got to get to. And you're going to cover some more stuff, some more good stuff, but I've got to go. That's not fair to me. So as a quick recap, <laughs> uh, doing the walking, walking the walk and talking the talk, do a recap of your presentation, have a Q&A and a CTA, express gratitude and then end on time that's how you wrap up a presentation if you've ever wondered it because it feels funky it feels it feels uh it feels what do fun. i do now okay
1: yeah. what what happens next so yeah, never, you got He's looking at you like like so where are we going with this? <laughs> right,
0: right. So what what what's up, boo? What, what what's happening? What's <laughs> happening? Okay, in a little bit, you're going to get a chance to ask me a question, Sparkle, so just think about anything that you want to ask me. But my next one for you is I know for me, as you just saw, I have to have my little checklists. So I have to know that at the end of my presentation, I need to do those four things. I just have to have a checklist. What are some things that you have to have when you either prepare for your presentations, practice them or deliver them or do a post-game analysis? What are some must-haves for you?
1: Well, I, I have a... A routine anyway for the past two years you know like wake up I got my coffee but before that I do my meditation and ground myself you know so I had the feeling of being grounded and I listened to the meditation kind of what it says um, then you know I take my shower but I got here I got to listen to my music all right because music I remember even when I it reminds me when I was warming up to play ball and we had our warm-up tapes and we'd run out to the music, yeah, so it pumps me up, gets me going, <laughs> and then from there, I know, okay, so I got my stuff ready. I always usually have my stuff ready, though, the night before, so I will do a run through the night before, kinda just look at it, and you know, just kind of kind of sit with it for a second, and just you know, um, I do a lot of vision meditation, so I vision myself at night before I go to bed, um. Getting on the stage. What type of music do I want to come out to? Or do I want to come out to music? You know, what I got my outfit ready. I think this is going to look fly. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like I'm getting ready for a basketball game. You know, very important. Very important.
0: The clothing. And check this out, everybody. Let me give you a little mind. I might wear the same outfit for the last five presentations. If these are five different audiences or five different. <laughs> Or five different Zooms or whatever. you can. If that is the outfit that makes you feel like a billion dollars, send it to the
1: cleaners and put it on. Exactly. <laughs> because, you know, it's all about feeling good when you get out there because you also, you know, I always think of how do I feel when I'm just with myself? So that's why I think a lot of the vision meditation I do at night is really good because I can picture all of it happening. So then I go to sleep on it. You know, I wake up, do my regular routine in the morning, and uh, get in the shower, listen to my favorite song, Mariah Carey, Make It Happen, and then it's time to get busy, you know? And from there, I'm like, the main thing I tell myself, though, is that you are deserving of this. Um, You, it is inevitable that this is supposed to happen, manifest it. And believe in it, and it is, it will happen. And um, I remember I used to just go out there and just do whatever. But I really, truly believe in myself, and I believe that I'm deserving of everything that is happening to me. And I want to manifest that and feel all of it in the now and in the present. And so when I know that, it makes me that much more grounded. I got my music. I already have my coffee. Now I'm ready to rock and roll you know? And so whatever. outfit, the fly outfit. Oh, the fly yes. outfit oh, yes. Don't forget. And my hair looks good. So then, you know, <laughs> everything's up. <laughs> Got my nice yellow on because I love how it looks on the skin. You know, everything that I've had, it's just feels like it's, it's game time. And a lot of times people will say, God, Sparkle, you remind me of a coach. I said, well, I am a coach, a recovery coach, right? But I've been, a coach in so many different aspects, but it's always been game time and it's time to get out there and show what you got you know no matter what whether it's a mindset thing, a mindful thing whether you know whatever it is that gets you zeroed in and gets you solid and grounded to go out there and be who you should be and who you deserve to be, go get it you know so those are the things I tell
0: myself daily. <laughs> You're you're about to make me go into uh, teacher mode again, because when you were talking about how it's always game time, and don't forget, you've got to ask me a question in a little bit. You were Uh talking about how it's always game time, and Mm -hmm. I feel the exact same way. Mm -hmm. So I quote this, or I bring up this book in a presentation about leadership and communication quite often. So it's a book by Tim S. Grover. I'm trying to remember the title of it, and he... He talks about three different types of of players and uh, let me think. The, yes, the title of the book is From Good to Great to Unstoppable. And he identifies three types of athletes. He calls them the cooler, the closer, and the cleaner. And he says the cooler is the body who gets everybody out uh, excited before the game, it, it, You know, has to have everybody around them amped up. But then the closer is the one who gets him or herself excited and emotional before game time and amped up and everything. And then he says the last person, the cleaner, This one is the one who never gets excited, who never gets emotional, who isn't worried about trying to get other people amped up, who isn't worried about trying to get him or herself amped up. This is the person who remains cool and calm and saves it for game day. And when you are a leader, when you are a rock star, when you are trying to make a difference, every day is game day and everybody you come across is somebody who might be. Uh, somebody on your team who needs uplifting who needs supporting but you you see every day as game day now I don't think Tim S. Grover says that in the book about every day being game day or whatever because he's specifically talking about sports and athleticism well he talks about leadership but that's my take on it I just think that every day is game day and you you have to quote unquote come correct (laughs) you have to show up and show out but again that book is from good too great too unstoppable by tim s grover and if you've heard me talk about it before my apologies you're gonna hear me talk about it time and time again because i like those three different types of people that he talks about and my favorite is that last one where that person because i'm mistaken for being um i've had people worry before a presentation they see me before a presentation because i'm cool i'm calm i'm mellow i'm good right because i'm saving it for getting on that stage and crushing it. (laughs) But I see the worry and the concern on their faces and in their eyes because I'm not all over the place before the presentation. No, I'm saving that for when I get out there with that audience, because that's when I need to make a difference.
1: Exactly. And um, another portion of that, especially being a speaker and knowing that you're going to be around a lot of energies, protect your energy. And so as a leader, we learn that, spending all the energy and the time to have others do it if you're speaking from the heart if you're speaking and you know what you're speaking about it's going to resonate with people the difference is is that you got to remember people came out to see you okay they didn't just oh well we'll just happen to go see this girl no we came out to see sparkle Lindsay. and so for me i'm going to give my people what they want to hear Because they follow me and they trust in me. And so when I go out there, it's like I'm talking to family. And so when I look at it that way, it makes me feel like, yeah, I don't need to hoot and holler. By the time I get up on the stage, (laughs) I'd be like, y'all, y'all okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They'd be like, are you
0: okay? <laughs> right, exactly, right? I, and I think it's, it's assumed that you, when people see you in your sizzle reel or maybe they watched a previous performance of you, they think that you are like that 24 mm-hmm. and,
1: seven
0: and that's just not the case.
1: Okay, what's your question for me? Okay, so my question for you is how long do you feel a presentation should be. Ooh. Is that a good one? Okay. So <laughs> it
0: really, it really depends. It depends on the purpose of the presentation. Is this a a presentation that is designed to motivate and get everybody excited and inspired? Then I'm thinking that maybe needs to be no more than about 45, 60 minutes at best, because I'm thinking of a keynote in my head. Is it a workshop where it's meant to teach someone something? Well, in that case, it needs to be an hour. You can teach a few points, but you cannot get a lot of of depth You cannot cover a lot of content. So if it's meant to teach and you only have 60 minutes, then I recommend teaching no more than maybe one or two concepts because you really have to have time for the audience to think and apply what they've learned. Is it a training? Trainings tend to definitely need to run longer than an hour. They can be two, three hours, half day, full day. It depends on what you're training on. Is it a new software? Is it a new procedure? And so on. So it really depends on the objective of the presentation, what it is you're supposed to accomplish, what the audience is looking for, what the organizer, the event organizer is looking for. So are they wanting motivation, inspiration? That sounds like a keynote. 45 minutes is about the shortest you want to go. An hour is about the longest you want to go for a keynote. I mean, you can do a keynote in 30 minutes. You can do some inspiration and motivation in in 30 minutes as well, even 20 minutes maybe. Mm -hmm. hour is your max. And then again, if it's a work a workshop or like even a breakout session at a conference, those are typically about an hour, hour, 15 minutes. And then again, your trainings, those are going to be a couple of hours and even workshops where you're teaching, those can be two or three
1: hours, the shortest you want to do with the workshop. It's going to be about an hour. Does that help? Yeah, that helps. There was a person who asked me, well, how much motivation (laughs) how much motivation can you give without yourself passing out <laughs> and I was like yeah that's kind of true because if you get going you know uh, and 45 minutes to at least yeah like you say you could do 20 or 30 minutes but now I picture it and I'm like an hour would be good if you start getting into an hour and a half and two yeah that would be just way too much so I okay that's what and I even- wanted to-
0: <laughs> with an hour and a half let's say you're doing a three-hour training or three-hour workshop at that hour and a half mark I mean that really is your cutoff you don't want to present for more than about 90 minutes before you give the audience at least about a 10-minute break if you're doing a three-hour training you don't want to go and just to give yourself a break you don't want to go more than about 90 minutes I've done it feels like I've done a keynote that You'd, oh, no, it wasn't a keynote. I've done a presentation. Yeah, back to the purpose of the presentation. I've done one that was as short as about 20, mm-hmm. 25 minutes. And it was just because of the platform and the scheduling and everything. So it really kind of turned into, it was more of a, like a marketing type of presentation where I taught the audience a little something, but then I just scratched the surface And Mm -hmm. the CTA was kind of like, listen, we just dabbled in this topic. And I know you have more questions. So the next step I need you to take is to, you know, book a discovery call or whatever the case was, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I've done shorter presentations, 20, 25 minutes, but those were more in the marketing world, I think, uh, as I sit here and. Kind of go back on, you know, reviewing some presentations and their links.
1: Good question. Yeah, the other mm-hmm. one I had, if you don't mind, do I only yes, get please? Don't get, <laughs> don't get <laughs> do now. Voice? quiet. Voice going low. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> said it got all extra quiet. Like, well, <laughs> um, okay. So I was on this. Okay, so I made a mistake because. I was asked to be on the news, right? And then, but I never, so I got on the news, (laughs) but I had been on a whole bunch of podcasts. So podcasts, I was talking long, doing my thing, you know, like just, I felt like I could just go, right? But then I forgot to ask how much time I had on the news. So (laughs) it was live and I got up there and I'm talking about Sparkle the Light at the End of the Tunnel you know everything that has to do with it, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Oh well, thank you so much for your time, Miss Lindsay. uh, we appreciate." It. <laughs> oh,
0: so, this is where we need to make sure we have a checklist. Okay. We must have a checklist. So, these are the number one things I will ask when it yeah. comes to a presentation. And you can imagine what the first one is how much time do I have? And yeah. not just how much time, not just how much time, but what is the start time and what's the end time? Because remember, I talked about in my little list of four things with concluding a presentation, yeah. one of them is end time. So, I always ask, how much time do I get? And and what time do you want me to start and what time do I finish just so I'm very clear okay so I've got 10 minutes for this segment and it's going to start at ten ten and end at ten twenty. got it now the next thing is understanding the platform or the venue or the location so presenting virtually I'm going to ask is this taking place via zoom webex via go to meeting what like where is this taking because if it's not taking place via zoom or even if it is I want to have a run through at least a week before, so I can make sure everything is working. I know how to transition. I know how to show my video. I know how to show my slides. I know how to work the chat. I know so on and so forth. That's that's the next question I'm going to ask. And then my, my, my one other important question is, what's your budget for this? But for a TV interview, that's that's not an applicable question, right? So, but those are like three of my biggest questions. Time, starting in time. What's the platform or what's the location? What's the venue? Can I get in X number of minutes before my presentation? Can I see the room? Can I see the space where I'm going to be presenting? Now let's talk a little bit about the television interview and how those answers have to be succinct because what they're looking for are sound bites. So I want you to think about sound bites. Like if they just grab a 10 second piece from anything I said. I want them to, I want to make it easy for them to find a 10 second chunk. I think I may have said 10 minutes. I meant 10 second chunk that they could just grab as a promo or what have you, everything. A, you want it to be succinct with those television interviews or those much shorter interviews, but
1: yes, always ask about
0: the time. That's a good question.
1: So the good thing about that was, So now in Colorado Springs, I have two different TV channels that they love me because they said I have one of some of the greatest sound bites ever said. So that's a good thing. But I do know how I, my heart was like, we're done. (laughs) I know.
0: I know. I would melt. I would absolutely (laughs) melt. But see, this is the good thing. You were so good until you keep getting the opportunity to go back. Yeah. Uh-huh. So exactly. that that's the thing. It's like, even if you're yeah. long-winded, be good and long-winded. <laughs> yes. Last question for you, Sparkle. <laughs> Last question. Yeah. And congratulations on that success. Thank that's you. fantastic. What are you grateful for? And, and what's your why behind that
1: gratefulness? You know, um, this is a part of, the book that I'm um, getting ready to publish uh, being a better me for me. And the first thing I asked a lot of my clients was what were they grateful for? But this was the first thing that when I went into treatment for alcohol and addiction, um, I, I wrote down, I had a lot of ego in front of me. Okay. And when someone asked me what I was grateful for uh, it took me a minute to kind of figure that out. I was resentful. There was a lot going on with me, you know, And so now the things I'm grateful for, one is my sobriety. Um, None of this would happen if I wasn't clear as clear-headed as I am now. You know, I'm so blessed to have that. And clarity in speaking to people is probably one of the greatest gifts you can have. Because if you're not clear-headed, a lot of times you don't know what you're saying. You know, so very grateful for that. And it also gave me vision, the clarity that I'm grateful for it gives me vision daily to continue moving forward and actually seeing where I need to move forward. You know, knowing when I need to slow down, you know, these things I'm extremely grateful for. My health, you know, I am now in remission from four autoimmune conditions. I battled them daily, but if I would not have never learned how to do the pain management, then I would still be really, really sick. And that right there, I mean, it's just moving, I'm starting to turn into that well oiled machine that I want to be and I I inspire myself to be, you know, so grateful for that. And I am completely grateful for my family. Um, I have three brothers and a sister, and there's seven of us. And even when they thought their older sister wasn't going to make it, uh, they, they, they stayed there with me and they had some hope and some faith. And they held the torch for me. I told them I can take it back now, but they held it for me and let me get get my bearings. So very grateful for those things, you know. And I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am with Miss Sparkle if I didn't, if I didn't surrender and allow these things I'm grateful for to take over, you know? I know.
0: (laughs) I know. Absolutely. Anything else that the audience needs to know to make sure that they're always capturing their listeners and bringing it on the microphone?
1: You know, I like I said before, and I'll loop back around, um, you know, telling yourself what you're deserving of. You know, we know you're beautiful, Bridget. We know that you're a great speaker. But what do you intend to be? And what are you deserving of? sometimes we have to take it a step further to manifest that and believe in ourselves while we do it and then give ourselves grace for some of the things that, you know, like not knowing how long the TV spot's going to be. Right. (laughs) But you know, you talked and you gave it your all. Right. So knowing that who you are inside and finding that can help you move forward in speaking and, and engaging with people, people want connection, People want engagement. People want to know that the person that they came to watch is the person that they came to watch. So give them what they're looking for, right? Mm. And when you do that, you've already (laughs) brought it because you brought them exactly what they needed and everything else will fall into place. You know, we let that evolve and and let it happen as it may. So that's what I got. And I love it. I will take it because you, when you, when you
0: hear me go, mm, that, that, that's the amen corner over here. That means I agree with everything you yeah. just said, what, what she said with a clap, what she said. What she said. <laughs> Sparkle, Lindsay, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your insight and your
1: inspiration on today's show. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate it. I value our time. I really do. And I'm honored to be on this show. It was great spending time with you, Bridget. I'm sorry, but there's, I was looking at your book. There's some stuff I got to get because some of those questions on there, like I'm starting to hit more seminars. I'm starting to do more webinars, all of these different things. So for me, it's like uh, just kind of looking at some of those tidbits you said, especially the last part, the four things you have to wrap it up, Uh, you know, being able to not say thank you on, on the, screen say thank you in person you know give that gratitude those are really simple things but they are very powerful and they make they sum all of it up so thank you so much i value that
0: (laughs) absolutely well everybody here's your cta here's your call to action go get a copy of real talk it's available on barnesandnoble.com amazon.com or wherever you love to purchase your books thank you again sparkle thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode of on the microphone I will catch you next time.